Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk, where I say the things that people merely think about um, with love, because I believe that's a huge problem in the world today is people don't know what they don't know. And so today I'm really going to dive deep into the spiritual warfare that a lot of people have scales on their eyes to, especially believers. Um, so make sure you lean into this. Um, and most importantly, just believe. Also, if you would like and subscribe to this podcast, you can get the latest updates and be sure to get signed up for the next at the well retreat, May 5th through the 7th, 2023 in Maria Stein, Ohio, the spots filled halfway on the first day. So don't miss it friends. Okay. Welcome to real talk with coach Rachel. I am here with a new friend of mine and uh, we're going in kind of a different direction from normal real talks. And I don't have a lot. It's been a while since I've had uh, a guest on my show. So um, I'm super excited to spend some time today and for y'all to learn and glean from uh, my new friend. His name is Ron Reich, correct? Is that how I pronounce it correctly? Great. Awesome. He is from New Jersey and he has 28 years of experience in leadership and management and coaching. And so those of y'all who know me know that I love all of those things. And he has some areas of expertise. And um, when I was uh, kind of researching Ron, a couple of things stuck out to me. And so um, I'm going to let him choose, though, on the direction that we're going to go. I just like to always just kind of roll with the Holy Spirit, but also have a couple options. So here they are, Ron. (laughs) So I'm going to have you kind of share a little bit about more about you. And then we're going to address this question, but this is for you to be thinking about as you are kind of letting us know a little bit about you and your journey. So one of them is emotional intelligence, which man, we fixed that. We're going to fix lots of problems in the world. Right. And the other one is coaching and developing colleagues. But first, Ron, tell us a little bit about you. What got you into coaching? Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, Rachel, it's it's an interesting story only because, you know, so many years ago when I began my career, I was in human resources and spent the first, I guess like the first 10 or 12 years doing that. Uh, long story short, a number of us who knew each other fairly well opened up an HR consulting firm. And for a number of different reasons, uh, we decided to shut the doors. At the time, I was going through a, I'm not sure, I, I don't know, whatever, I was going through a divorce, and I needed to move back in with my mom and dad, because I had nowhere else to go. I mean, I just didn't. And I liked HR, I wasn't passionate about it, and out of nowhere, I got a telephone call from a recruiter, Tom Sparks, in Dallas, Texas, I, to this day, he would not tell me how he found me, how he tracked me down at my parents' home. I said, Ron, I got a job for you. It is, And the competencies are the exact opposite of what you are. It's with Toshiba. They are looking for somebody who has strong training and some HR. You have a lot of HR and some training. I can get you in front of them. 
I know them extremely well. Your job, Ron, is to get them to flip their competencies. I ended up going and talking with the folks at Toshiba. They flipped their competencies. I got into training and development, which was always something in which I was interested. And I have never looked back since. I've been in you know, the training, the development, leadership development, coaching, and everything that goes along with that. And I absolutely, I, I am, I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed because I, ju- I, I just, I love every minute of it. I just love every minute of what I get to do. I love, that's a good thing because, you know, the, the, they say most heart attacks and strokes happen on a Monday morning between eight and nine o'clock because people are headed to a job they hate right? and they die, you know, of a broken heart. So it's, it's, you know, Rachel, I, I've heard the same thing. I've, I've actually heard too, that, you know, most, most, most heart attacks or whatever, it's either Monday morning or Sunday evening Yeah. beforehand. And, and, you know, we live close to a hospital and when I hear the sirens, whenever I hear a siren, I always say a quick prayer, you know, it's just that, you know, please be with whoever needs help. And yet on a Monday morning, I often think of that where it's like, yep, I wonder, I wonder. And again, I feel so unbelievably grateful and so blessed that, man, it's not me. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I've I've had that gut. uh, I've had that feeling on Sunday morning or Sunday night before that just that gut of, oh, my gosh, I got to go to work tomorrow, you know, back when before. I became an entrepreneur. So I know that feeling well, right. or just working for money. Like don't ever work for money. Right. That's, <laughs> it. that's, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, that, that really is. Yeah. yeah. So before we, I do have one question though, that I want you to um, just give us your wisdom on before we go into whatever topic we're going to go into. Um, <laughs> but in your, in your journey in coaching, uh, people and uh, and leaders, like what are the biggest challenges that some leaders face? I think I think some of the some of the biggest challenges leaders face is that they don't they don't understand what their role is at work, and and it's it's interesting, Rachel, because one of the one of the activities I like to do. Uh, right up front in any leadership session I do, or even if I'm coaching someone individually, is just ask them very simply, what's your role? As a leader, what is your role? And you know, we'll, we'll talk about it. And if we're in a group, they'll put it on flip charts. And I just say to them in the debrief, what's interesting about these? What's interesting about your responses? And where we always end up is look how much technical information is on those charts next to none next to none what does that tell you your role is to be human your role is to help people to be there for people and again it's it's something i i always remember i did an american management association class in boston a number of years ago we did this activity and one of the participants was just so taken. She's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, oh my. 
it's true. My my role is is, is to be a human being. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you're you know, the people need you. That's the reason you're there. It's not your expertise. It's not you don't need to be the best, you know, technical person out there, the best accountant, the best marketer, whatever. Your role is to help, to guide, to teach, to motivate, and to be there for people. That's what your job is. Mm. It's that connecting with them. Like you have to be able to um, like connect with the heart before you can ask them for a hand. Right. I've, I've heard that before. I think it was Simon Sinek that, that taught on that where he went to a a coffee shop and just had this amazing experience at the coffee shop and then went to a fortune 500 company and not even get any kind of warm fuzzy there at all. And the difference was, cause he asked him, he goes, so why, what is, you know, the guy said, Oh, I know what it was. They were interacting. And he was like, man, you are a super happy guy. And he's like, I love my job. Yeah. And so he said, why do you love your job? And the difference is, is the owner knows everything about this person connects with them, stops by and says, Hey, is there anything that I can help you with? How can I help you grow? How can I make this you know, job better for you and just really focusing on like what you just said, be human. Right. And connect with them. That is so huge. Well, and I mean, you know, it it was interesting because when I joined Toshiba, I had been there less than a year. I I don't know how long and again, less than a year. My boss flew. No, I'm sorry. My boss's boss flew in from California, essentially to see Nancy and, and to visit with me too. And we had gone out to lunch. We came back. He and uh, he and Nancy were in her office, and I was in my queue. And I could overhear them talking. And I and again, I wasn't listening. You know, what are they saying? I could just overhear them. And I'll always remember Jack said to Nancy, "He seems happy." And her response was, and this is something I'll never forget, Jack. He's always happy. And I was like, man, that's cool. I mean, just, and I mean, what what a nice comment that she didn't know I overheard. And it was true because for me, I believe so strongly there's a huge overlap between how happy and satisfied are we at work, which ties into our happiness at home, and vice versa. And so when you know, I mean, how, how can there not be, at least from my perspective? You know, leave your problems at home or don't, you know, don't bring your work problems home. How? How is that possible? Maybe that has, you know, I just, that emotional intelligence just comes to mind when I think about that, like people not basing their happiness and joy on circumstances, not being led by their feelings and making decisions based on how they feel and, you know, things like that. Well, and I mean, I'm I'm also a big, big, big believer in Stephen Covey's work in The Seven Habits. And he he says in The Seven Habits, and I have believed this for a long, long time, I am I am completely responsible for my own happiness, 100 mm-hmm. percent. I believe that with every fiber I have, because it's a choice. You know, I was like, I have to go to work. I have to, you know, I have to go write this report now. I don't, I don't, 
have to do anything. Everything I do is a choice. I didn't I didn't have to show up for the podcast today. I didn't. And you didn't. I chose to because there are going to be some nasty consequences. And, you know, and people have, have said to me often, well, that's just silly. Of course, I mean, you know, there, you know, I'll get fired. I was like, yeah, still, it's a choice. It is still a choice. You don't have to work here. Go find something else if you're so unhappy, if that's the case. Yes. Yeah, because that's infectious. Exactly. That attitude, those bad attitudes are infectious. Sure it is. Sure. So and that's and, why and you got Everything we're talking about ties into emotional intelligence. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. So let's talk about that then. So, <laughs> so um, I guess it's why. So I wonder now it's been years since I've been out in the corporate world, been, been a business owner, been an entrepreneur, not, you know, applied for any jobs or taken any tests. So like, as far as that goes, um, you know, is, do you feel like, is it, do you know this? Is it part of the hiring process? Like it, especially if you're coming into a job, let, let, let's say it's customer service. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, you work for American airlines. Okay. And you're responsible for telling people, Hey, your flight's been canceled. And so let's talk about that. The two scenarios there, somebody who has emotional intelligence intact, and this person here who loses their mind because they think that this person controls the weather. Mm-hmm. And so I love, cause this is something I think if we bring awareness to the, the two, what are the two differences here? Why, and what are the turnouts? Well, I mean, number one, um, there, there's, there's emotional intelligence taking place on both sides of the equation there okay. relative to the, you know, the, the, the customer, the passenger who's, who's just been told that you know your your you know your your flight's been canceled and also the agent you know and i mean number one um you know the the emotional intelligence from the, from the uh, passenger's perspective first cuz i've had that happen to me on numerous occasions and you know all the traveling that i've done and number one i i need to from an emotional perspective i i, I have no control over this None. Your flight's canceled. You can't do that. What's the matter with you? I mean, it, it, again, just to go back, it, it was such a poignant moment. Many, many years ago, again, I was in Boston. I used to go up there a lot. And my flight was uh, my flight was delayed. And it was going to be delayed for hours and hours and hours. The weather was bad in Boston. I was just flying back down to Newark. Uh, President Clinton was in office at the time. And so 90, he, early 90s. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it, it was a long time ago and still uh, he would he was in the area. And so the airspace was limited. It was foggy. It was just just everything was going wrong. There had to be 200, 250 people milling about the gate where I was trying to get to Newark. And 
a number of them, I might say 50, 75 of them were very close, screaming at the gate agent. This little kid, little, little kid, I mean, I college girl comes up to me because I'm sitting there reading a book. Can I ask you something? Yeah, sure. What is it? Do you travel a lot? And I smiled at her. I was like, yeah, I travel almost every week. There must be a reason you're asking me. And she smiled and she truly almost had a tear come out of her eye. How can you be so calm? And I smiled at her and I was like, it's because number one, I fully understand. And much more importantly, I fully accept the fact that I'm stuck. There's nothing I can do about this. I tried to rent a car. There are no cars available. The trains are not running for whatever reason. I couldn't get on a train. But I said, I'm just going to sit here. I'm going to read my book. And when the aircraft comes in, it comes in. And then we'll go as soon as possible. And, I, and we were talking about all the people screaming at the agents. And what good is it doing them? And you could see the light bulb going on for her, where it's just like, yeah, this is out of my control. There's nothing I can do. And the ticket agent was not handling it well either because he was screaming back. Yes. And, yeah. and I mean, for, for me, Rachel, you know, to, to, try to, to try to bring it back to your actual scenario, though, one, one thing that I always like to recommend to people, in, in when, when, when we are emotional, there, uh, and again, I'm not going to get into the details because I'm not an expert on this still and all. Our brains are wired for us to feel before we think. And that happens when we are, when there's a stimulus, when there's an event that happens to us, we feel before we think. And that's one of the reasons people will blurt something out inappropriate or get really angry at something. And my recommendation to people always is try to use what we call the PRD method. Rather than firing off that emotional response, pause, reflect, decide what to do. Let me pause for a moment. Okay, my flight's canceled. My flight's canceled. I'm really upset about this, except there's nothing I can do about it. I'm reflecting now. Decide what to do. Okay, you know, American Airlines agent, what are my options here? What, you know, what, 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 what are my options? What can we do here? And when we pause and reflect, it allows, it allows our brains to get back into the, the logic area, uh, uh, just, just where we process information. When, I mean, for, for me too, that pause, reflect, decide, absolutely. Sometimes it's necessary, sometimes it's appropriate to respond on the spot. Ideally, in, in other situations, in, in, in our example right here, it's not possible still. In other situations, pause, reflect, can we talk about this in an hour? I'm really upset right now. You're really upset right now. But, you know, boss of mine. Like, can we talk about this in an hour? And that way, at least you know, if I'm the boss, I can calm down. It gives my colleague or my direct report a chance to prepare 
a response or to think about the situation about which I'm upset. And again, we can have a conversation instead of what was probably not going to be very a very productive shouting match, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I actually had this happen. So we had just we were at a conference and um and we heard Andy Andrews speak. And Andy Andrews taught on this. He goes, nobody cares how you feel. They only care how you act. So all of us are at the airport then, right? From the conference, Charlotte, right. North Carolina, where <laughs> flights are canceled often, okay? Snowstorm. And everybody's losing all these people who are at the same conference, right? And <laughs> I remember like it was such a, so my husband and I come up to the thing and we're like, you know, we understand it's whatever, whatever we need to do, you know, just let us know. And they're like, well, we're going to put you up in a hotel and we book you for tomorrow. I'm like, cool. So as we're all walking out together and we're, I'm like, where are you all staying at? And they're like the quality in and like <laughs> they put my husband and I up at the Renaissance hotel, our, our bathroom was bigger than our whole hotel room. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, this is what it happens is nobody cares how you feel. They only care how you act. And some people are going to actually, this is the problem with the world, the fair, all the Pharisees in the world who get all the knowledge yet don't put the knowledge into practice. Right. right. So we were at the same place. We both had decisions to make, but I think both are habits. Like you say, like, you know, you have to work on this stuff It had because you're conditioned right now to, right. And so now when you get new knowledge, like the things that you teach and you train, it's the action part that a lot of people miss. Yes. Okay. We have to take faith without works is dead. So awesome. So Ron, where can somebody connect with you at? Probably the best way to connect with me is via LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Okay. It, and it, we'll it, provide it, a link in the um, description of the podcast. We'll have a link. Okay, good, good. In. Yeah, and I, you know, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Really, you know, just the the, the classic things. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so we'll make sure that we have all the links um, in the description of this podcast. And so, thank you so much for spending some time with us and sharing. You know your wisdom and experience um, and all the, and the most important areas I believe that exist right now. And that's just leadership, you know, um, just me as a believer, uh, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you know, the greatest transformational leader to ever walk the earth. His name was Jesus. And his thing was leadership. It's like, do as I do. I'm going to, and then go out there and do as I've taught you and commanded you to do. And it really is all centered around leadership. It's all centered around connecting with people. It's all centered around love and compassion. Um, And so I thank you for being out there in the trenches with us and, and helping others grow in leadership. So thank you so much for joining us and um, links will be below to connect with Ron after the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Well, how's that for some real talk? Let me know if any of that resonated with you. Shoot me an email at rachel at racheltucker.com 
or connect with me on Facebook or Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts. See you next time.